We've had a little hiatus. However, it's still cold in Michigan. Yeah, not cold here. But I see you have a nice scarf. I do. Thanks to you. <laughs> I've got my, my beautiful Verde. My Verde on. Austin. Football club. Very and so, nice. Yeah, it's spring. By the terms of the calendar but it's not really that warm here in michigan i don't know what it, i mean i I think for you down south it gets warm before this but so well here's what happens in michigan pretty much every year so before the this spring right the 21st or 22nd right of march we'll get a nice weekend and we're like, all oh, hopeful. Oh, God. I actually went, me and Danielle went out into the yard and started moving some garden stuff around and digging you're like dirt. planning, you're thinking. Shoveling, things like that. That was two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then, it's been un- uncomfortably chilly, windy. Actually, last weekend, this past weekend, Snow, both Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, which not not snow here. Which which Definitely just not. put a damper on all the all the attitudes. Oh, you know? I totally imagine it would. I mean, I mean, yeah, you're. We're, so we get to this point where we're at the brink of like transition, change, seasonal change, Vivaldi, the four seasons, right. We're not we're not there yet. We're still waiting for that change in the season. Is that too far of a stretch, the Vivaldi? <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going, but you, you know, know that, sometimes sometimes you know, that everyone, happens. I mean, I do know that you have an affinity for the chamber music. So and we were talking about museums a little while ago. So I I I, I, I get it. I, I see I see how you got there. <laughs> Well, I think more people under know the Vivaldi Four Seasons than than they know what it's called. So well, I think they know that famous. because of Bugs Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever vehicle gets gets the hey the point across. The medium, the medium is the message. You know. You know speaking of medium, so you 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 took advantage of our our shared account, the Coffee Sketch. Twitter account and posted yes. some 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 past I guess what what Kurt's been doing in his pastime which is testing out technology different media and I I don't know if this is going to come up very well but but print number I, I one can, yeah 3D print so I I bought a 3D printer here's here's the thing now that I'm teaching is there's a cat over there yeah well, i've got an owl so owl versus cat 
so so I, I teach, right? So so another faculty member said to the students, oh, so there, I don't know if you have Micro Center. I don't know if it's that widespread. It's like a computer store right here in Michigan. They, those things still exist? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's, there's one, right? <laughs> called Micro Center. And is it like right next to Radio Shack? <laughs> no, I, I don't think a Radio Shack could compete with Micro Center. So Micro Center is as big as like a Walmart, but just for tech stuff. And it feels like you, like you're in Stranger Things, like when you walk in there. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a whole section on like they call it maker stuff, but it's like what you would have found in a Radio Shack, right? Like soldering kits and diodes and chips and floppy disks <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing it's another aside I'm trying to explain to my students what a floppy disk is but it's funny you're, actually another... you're feel you're i know i know birthday is coming up so you're you're just sort of like for everybody who's like still with us at this point in this episode their kurt is feeling a little older so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so i so i'm at micro center and so they have a 3D printer that is normally $199. So hold on. Kurt got in his DeLorean and like drove to Micro Center. Okay, keep going. Yep. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and so it's normally $199. Online coupon half off. So $99. A, a 3D printer. An Ender 3 Pro 3D printer, which made this owl. And a few other things. I've got other problems. That's a pretty great test print. I mean, for I mean, if if I opened up the the box and they were like, okay, here, here's some things that you can use to test print. Pick one, and one of them happens to be an owl. I'm thinking that David Lynch has like entered the the chat. So that's pretty great. And thank God it worked. <laughs> so maybe there is a, an owl or two for you and Jason. Oh, shit. Sorry. Pardon me. I dropped my owl. I'll put it down now before I throw it around the microphone. <laughs> maybe an owl or two may find their way over to you. So anyway, so actually that brought up another fun story with the students and I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to you in a second here, <laughs> but the, uh, so we're going on a field trip very soon, right? So we're this weekend, we're going to Cincinnati and I was trying to explain to students how, when I was a student, and I think you would probably relate to this is I enjoyed visiting other cities once becoming an architecture student to then try and track down particular buildings of note in these new cities. Oh, absolutely. And then, so then I was trying to explain this, this sort of mindset to my current students and said, we did all this before Google maps existed and Google earth and Google all together. (laughs) Right. Right. And they were like, Oh, I, I totally forgot that that was a thing that didn't exist. When you were a student, 
how did you do it? And I was like, well, so before Google Maps existed, we had things called maps. <laughs> <laughs> Paper maps. <laughs> how to get to, to place to place and word of mouth. I mean, you basically would take someone, someone who had been there, you, right. you find, and they would tell you like, okay, turn left, turn right, turn left. And then you'd find so-and-so's project, building project, a house or whatever. Frank Lloyd Wright or for us, like on the West Coast, Frank Gehry or something like that. Morphosis, whatever, for the California stuff. So I don't know. I mean, does that resonate with you? The, oh, absolutely. The, the, the I mean, urban, urbaneering. Yeah. Architectures, I mean, explorations. Well, and, and even just, I think for when you, when you go to school in Texas in a, a relatively small college town, where the university is like the big thing, the opportunity to get out and about there, there's my Canadian out and about into the bigger cities, just even in Texas. Yeah. The, the field trip, first of all, it's of course with professors, but then it's the opportunity to kind of go out and explore and you're, you're reading about particular projects, especially ones that are relatively new and you, you see them in a magazine or somebody else has, has like you said, been there and seen it and said, oh, well, you have to go. And it's that sort of urban exploration or suburban or, <laughs> or rural, as the case may be, I think is, is pretty, pretty remarkable. I mean, Lake Flato's early work here in Texas was something that we would often try and go and find. Yeah. I mean, and then fortunate you know, that Texas driving distances, people would go to Houston and Dallas and San Antonio and Austin Fort Worth to, to go find projects in, in, you know, big cities as well, especially as new things kind of came online, but travel, I mean, study abroad, just vacations, trips like that. It just starts to become something that you've kind of got a, always a running list of, mm -hmm. of places, I mean, not just places you'd like to visit, but when, when you're there and enjoying dinner out with friends, oh, well, there's this one building I want to kind of, Right. Sneak over and sneak over and take a peek at. Um, exactly. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I, I, I didn't think I was the only one. And you, I, I would have, I had a feeling you would agree. Although I do feel like these, this generation of students are not necessarily, they're not quite there yet. I don't know. I, you know, there's well, this sort of digitization, like the fact that they can see, they can see so much online keeps them from being as curious but i tried to well, explain to them like the photo of the building that you're going to see is like this perfect shot but right understanding a building from turning that corner that you can't see is where you start to understand how as an architect you have to develop the full picture like you're you're designing an entire working structure, right? So what's behind the corner, what I mean, that is not- No, ab absolutely. I mean, it was, it's, it's experiencing the place. And, and I, I think you're right. I think there's all of us, I mean, our, ourselves included, there's, you get a new project. I mean, we get new projects and we can't necessarily always go see them, but you can, you, you're on the phone with somebody and you have the ability to pull it up on your laptop or your computer and, and you can see the site that they're talking about 
It, it might not be the most current photo, but you can effectively drive around and kind of not just see the particular project site because someone sent you a photo or you can pull it up, but you can actually sort of drive around and see the neighborhood a little bit. So that sense of discovery that only could happen before by going there, that experience has changed. I mean, it's, I, I know it's changed for me. And But what's funny is the the literal experience of a place as a designer. I mean, I'm not just talking about as, as, a, as a person going somewhere to visit, but as a designer, I, I personally still can see the marked difference in my perception of a particular place and project when I haven't been there and when I have been there. And even in my sort of creative process, my interest level is much higher. My, yeah. my instincts are sharper. Ideas are much more elaborate and the not, not elaborate isn't even the right word. I think they're just, they're, they're richer as, as concepts. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with your, you're really connecting with the subject matter. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's not that the it's not that the other work is any less valuable, but it it's certainly different. And and what it makes me think of, not to belabor the point, but when you're talking about architectural works that are published and that perfect shot or something like that, and kind of the artificialness of it. I have talked to Sterling. Sterling wants to Sterling Sterling will join us on the podcast. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, because architectural photographer quite talented with that architecture background as well. One thing that I thought of when I see those, when you're saying that, and when I'm thinking of those architecture photos is one of my professors, my mentor, when he was reviewing works as sort of an architectural critic, he always made the point that I'm not going to really pass judgment on a project until I actually go and see it. Yep. No matter how many times somebody sends me, here's 10 photos and the floor plans and the whole bit, and I can read the plan and just like anybody else the experience of the place, that walking around the detail that you're talking about, really seeing it executed in, in three dimensions, it really makes, makes a difference. And then how buildings age or how places yeah. age. Yeah. If you kind of go back to works that you maybe didn't get to see in their first run, but you get to see them 10, 15 years later, and you were a big fan when it first came out, but didn't get to see it. And then you get, you finally do. What's your impression of the place then? Does it hold up? Do the ideas, the concepts hold up or, or were they trendy? Yeah. So I think all those things become really valuable. And I, I think that you're, you're maybe being a little too critical of your students, but maybe, maybe you'll have a different, a different uh, view after your field trip. I mean, I've never been to Cincinnati. I, I definitely would like to go. Of course, I have one building that I would love for you to go and see. It's the only Zaha project in Cincy. Mm-hmm. For a long for a long time it was the only Zaha project in the United States. Right. So yep. oh it's on my list. It's yeah. high high on the list. For sure. And we'll I mean, be that, we'll be in the vicinity for sure. I mean that floor plane that becomes mm-hmm. wall. Ooh. And the interior yeah. stair, yeah. Yeah. yeah we we're, we're 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 going. I've I've been actually touting or promoting <laughs> to the students. I was like, this is the, the first Zaha building in America. 
yeah. for a long time. <laughs> yeah, for a very long time. Yeah, and actually, exactly. I did mention the the aging aspect too. In a, it, it, just yesterday when I was in class, because that's the last time I'll see them until this t- tomorrow, tomorrow night. So yeah, I, I appreciate that it, it sort of reinforces a lot of the same thoughts that I had in my mind. So that's that's been very fun. Yes, I I, I will not pass judgment on my students yet. Good, good. <laughs> no, I think there's there's still quite a few that are. I it's it's really it's one of those things you know when it sounds like a generalization when I try and blanketly sort of say these things. It's not necessarily true. There's there's always still. A, a range of of reactions that that you get from well su- super I, interest to to me- medium to lower and all that stuff. Well, I'll, I'll say here as you're saying that and not passing judgment, we've talked a little bit about how we all got into architecture and kind of our different viewpoints about it along the way, and and how we're still jaded at times. But it it, it is sometimes fun to look back. And my my literal first field trip in architecture school was to the Kimball. <laughs> so after that, it's like, you know. <laughs> Actually, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, it's kind of interesting is that on the West Coast, I do remember distinctly a field trip and we went to the Salk among you know, well, we also went to the neurosciences building, which is Todd Williams, Billy Sent, right? So, I mean, on top of, which is also in the San Diego area, but I mean. That's pretty good. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> but the Salk, I don't know if you've made it to the Salk Institute in person. I've not. I've not. It's, it, it, it is still one of the ones on my list. And I've not made it to the Kimball and hopefully soon I, I can. Well, and and, and having experience, Con, you have, and, and I as well, the thing that that Kimball trip was when you talk about experiencing a place and not just in photos or a plan or something like that, of, of course, we had studied it in our architecture survey class and all that stuff. But what was interesting, and, and, we, and we even knew this, that there's some different ways to approach the building. And the the thing that our professor was trying to you know show us was kind of his favorite approach some of his favorite spaces and so it there's a personalization of it and at that point i think that that's where everything becomes more human and and even in those moments where you're being criticized or the, the work is really critical or this line isn't the light right line weight and all that other garbage when you also have the, the, the parallel experience of walking around a site and seeing how your classmates, your professor are interacting with a space and then having conversations about it and then recognizing that this is a masterwork is, is, is pretty influential. At the time, you know, I knew it was influential and I knew it was important, but kind of looking back at it and having the opportunity to do that, I think also is sort of valuable too. That introspection, not everybody has it in the same way or accesses it the same way, but mm. that's why I say give your students, a, give them, cut them, cut them a little slack. So, well, we'll see. I, I, I mean, this conversation will actually be very useful as, as we approach the weekend because we'll be there. So Friday, late afternoon, 
Sunday or set Saturday all day and then Sunday morning. So there's like a nice span of time we get to see. Nice. So, so yeah. Thanks. Sure. You'll you maybe you'll see some some snapshots of the of the excursion as we and go. some I'm sketches gonna... I hope on some sketches I hope actually speaking of which the other day so I'm a pretty cool teacher I think <laughs> and so a couple of weeks ago when things were l- relatively low low key as the kids like to say these days. They were like, oh, what's the name of the company that you have? And I was like, oh. And then they went to my website and they're like, podcast. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a podcast. And then I started telling them about Jamie's Facebook page and and Twitter. And and it's like my most of the work is my friend Jamie's sketches that we talk about on the podcast. And then they started looking at your sketches. So you may have picked up a few followers from that one day. I try not to talk about it too much, like during the semester, because I don't want it to be like, you know, big deal. Yeah. Oh, and no, no. As, yeah. as things wear on, get toward the end, then I can kind of like, kind of slip in. And but yeah, I, I don't want to like, what do you, what's the word? Self-aggrandize or promote. Right. Yeah. You're like, check out the Instagram <laughs> Look at stuff. Me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to our podcast. Yeah. Oh man! So anywho, so I don't know. It is sometimes fun though, because like, you know, the, there it wasn't everybody. It was just like a, a few that were hanging around. Anyway, the ones that think I'm cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're so, like, oh, sorry, what? I was like, oh, you're like, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good part is I can I can go. Well, these aren't my drawings. These are Jamie's. <laughs> Yeah, if you don't like this one, it's Jamie's. <laughs> no, they all liked it. I, I, I bet, I bet there was maybe a little micro bump in a follower, follower attendees. All right, so thanks for the fun intro. So my only little, little hint at, at coffee is is over there. Uh huh. It's it's so far away. So <laughs> this is my attempt at like uh, props. Dec- is this prop, is this props prop and, props prop and yeah. decoration for at the moment this my studio called the studio <laughs> mm-hmm. is going to get painted so although don't don't get too alarmed the 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 walls are, are an old white paint in this old plaster building and they're going to get a new white paint is no that... it won't be white i think it's a it's a very light gray okay it's like taupe on taupe <laughs> yeah non-committal non-committal gray mm-hmm. but uh i think it'll brighten it up a little bit and so anywho so the trim daniel did get the trim you could see the trim's nice and bright white and uh, i have rootless our local roaster here has this limited edition and you can barely see it but it, let's see if i can even get i can't really get that yeah, the, the focus won't work, but it's a barrel aged bourbon barrel aged limited edition roast. Oh, it must smell amazing. It does smell. It, it's very, <laughs> it does smell. No, it's, it's very <laughs> aromatic, super, super bourbony. Like eat, before I even grind it. And then when you grind it and then when you drink it, 
it has that flavor, that smell. And actually, so, so I pick all this stuff up at the Flint Farmer's Market locally here. And there's a little coffee stand in there called Penny's Cafe. And if you, if you haven't followed them on Instagram, it's, it's Penny's Cafe. And the number two there, so not the owner, but the number two, who I was talking to when I was buying this, she said, it's not something she drinks like every day, sort of like special occasion. And then we were just talking today about it. So I, I bought it yesterday. No, what day? Tuesday. I, I went back there today on my way, picked up some fresh drip coffee on my way to a job site. And I said, hey, yeah, I had some of that bourbon barrel aid stuff. And she said, and I was like, yeah, it's it's definitely like not, it's 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 super strong, like intense flavor. So it, I mean, for me, I could probably handle it more, probably only because I, it's the only coffee I have now. So I'm, I'm <laughs> I might You're working from an something. embargo status. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm cheap. No, I don't. So, but her opinion was that it's a little more on the special occasion side, but we discovered, we, we brainstormed today that maybe with a little, little, you know, extra, like rum chata or real booze in there with a coffee might like make a toddy out of it you know kind of kind of style well, i mean you're, you've got the weather for that kind of stuff right now so we still we still have toddy weather yeah <laughs> so because of the that it has that strong like boozy bourbon scent you know aroma to it and then throw a little extra actually into it, then it might be. So that's that's experiment number two. That's experiment number two. Yeah, I I, ha- I actually have the local cuvee coffee from here in Austin. Uh, and this is their the their espresso roast. Nice. Which is nice. It's actually, I mean, it it sounds like it's a real dark roast, but I find it's 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 a lot smoother. Than, than most of those kind of espresso kind of blends or something. So cool. I, 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 it's, one of, it's one of the ones I really like from them. Is Cuvée the roaster? Cuvée is the roaster, yeah. Okay, because you mentioned, you've, you've talked about them. Before. They also have, they actually have, a, they actually have a shop as well. So you can, you can go in and um, it's, it's sort of set up almost like a co-work site. But the majority of their business is the, the roasting. Oh, speaking of the ro- our friends, Rootless, finally got our permit. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Oh, so, yeah, we got approved, or my drawings got approved for their permit. And so their gas-fired roaster hopefully will be going in soon. And then, and then it's time for coffee sketch blend. Oh yeah, that's right. We're on the list. Mm-hmm. They're too, they're too famous now. So they have to keep, keep us on the wait list. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're, we're there. We're, I'm glad, I'm glad we got our permit. Yeah. It's okay. a very, a very small, small move of a job as far as 
architecturally, it's really a very simple task, but it still required multiple departments to kind of get through. So no, what is it? What is it? There are no small jobs. No small jobs. Only small people. Is it? I don't know. I don't know this. I don't know this. <laughs> um, I don't know this phrase. Is this I'm a Michigander? Is this a Michigander phrase? I don't know. I think, so. the, I think it stops at there's no small jobs. Okay. I, I don't know where I came up with that. So should we talk about a sketch? Yeah, that... we should. We should. We okay. probably, we, sorry. We're probably making up for a, a couple of lost weeks from her trying to teach things and stay out of the snow. Yeah. So let me, let me share. Cause it might, it might dawn on people why I'm wearing also this, this scarf. Cause we got to support the beautiful game. I also have a student or two on the soccer team at Lawrence Tech. Very nice. And it's funny. They were, I was like, hey, I actually did some advising this past couple of weeks. Uh, again, keeping me, <laughs> keeping me from talking to Jamie. So I did some advising, student advising. And I was like, hey, my, my, my good buddy sent me this, the, the scarf from Austin Verde. I was like, oh. Oh, that's cool. I don't, I don't really watch the American soccer. I'm like, it's MLS. He said, well, I'm from Spain. So I watch the European league <laughs> or is it, is it the European league with that Spain or is it Spanish? La, league? La Liga. So is it Spanish only like the? That's just this. Yeah. There's um, Spanish I, I, only. And then, and then they, then they, if they're good enough, then they can play Champions League, and that's when you get the Spanish playing against the English versus the Italian versus uh, the. Okay. Yeah. I, see, I need to I need to work on it. But my one student, my one current student, is his dad's an architect, and he's from Valencia. Oh, okay. And he played. He did his so he did two years in architecture school in Spain at Valencia and played soccer professionally oh wow and now he's but i guess i don't know he's international so like because if you come out of high school right here in the states you you got to go to college you can't play professionally and then play college sports as far as i thought but being international coming here i don't know maybe the rules changed or anywho so yeah He's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> it. That's 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 pretty good footy stuff. But so, he wasn't in class on Wednesday, so all, none of that matters to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you actually have to show up. Yeah, that's right. So, anyway, um, so, so got a, a, a hot, fresh sketch here. Yeah, so this is a sketch from this week, and it is kind of a a, no, a nod to the poster art that I. I love and that we love and graffiti and muralists. And so in the back, the background, you can see some familiar, somewhat familiar kind of stuff. We've, we've talked a little bit about that mural before, but this was effectively like a commission. So I got to do a poster for the women's soccer team here in Austin that is playing professionally. 
They are a homegrown support local soccer. They were sort of founded as a semi-pro team opportunity for women in the community who wanted to have a play really high level soccer. People who were either uh, had played in college or had pursued sort of professional careers and were back in Austin and looking for an opportunity. So they've, they've had a variety of different players. Some of them have gone back to the pros. One of their players last year is now playing in England. Some of them have played for national teams. So it's a really interesting kind of home, homegrown grassroots local soccer, but for high-level women's sports here in Austin. Austin is a soccer city. And so this is pretty exciting stuff. And I, I've been fortunate to get to know them and, and, and work with their, their club for a couple of years now. And so they asked if I would help with kind of an art and the beautiful game coinciding for match day posters. And so this is the first one. Their first game is on the weekend. And cool. so in the foreground, you've got sort of player doing tricks on the sidewalk uh, in front of a mural that is celebrating the 19th Amendment. So women's empowerment here in downtown Austin. So real recognizable, huge mural by Shepard Ferry and a Montreal artist. And I just forgot her name. In the hashtag, Sandra Chevrier. Yeah. So, and she's from Montreal, of course. So extra nods, but so I, I got my. Oh uh, yeah. That's Shepard Ferry or is that a collaboration? This is Shepard Ferry. This is an old one, but yeah, no, I just, I was thinking about trying to come up with ideas. We, we talk about sort of where the genesis of some of these sketches come from. And this one was what's, what's a real recognizable kind of symbol of women and and power and empowerment and celebration in Austin. And this is the mural that sort of the image that kind of came to mind and did a did a pretty quick sketch. It's it's full color on the interwebs, but shown here in black and white, as is the style for the coffee sketch. So is this one turning into a poster or was it is a draft? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I scanned this and then and then did some digital work over the top of it as well. Okay, yeah, I can see it now. Because you did send me a, a little teaser yeah, te- text message uh, photo of the Photoshop work. So I could see the, 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 the shapes kind of coming together now. Yeah, it's really cool. And how long did how long did this one take? The whole, I mean, the whole drawing actually, drawing and color was just under an hour. So actually it was pretty quick because it's fully rendered in color, all hand drawn. So yeah, and then Photoshop stuff took a little bit after that, but, right. but yeah, just under an hour for the drawing. So, which is, which is pretty good. I hadn't, hadn't done something this big. Um, in quite a while. So it was a, it was a good test um, under the gun. And, <laughs> so, and I, and I decided to use some of the, the familiar sky techniques and sort of employing mm-hmm. a few different ideas there. Yeah. It's actually kind of nice. This, I was noticing that with the, the lines in the sky, the rendering, but also because you used, it looks like Prisma marker. 
or something like this. So, so you use the marker in between the pen work. And so it has an, another layer uh, of, in this case, it's all black and white, but you have like the texture of the, the pen or the, the line weight of the pen versus the line weight of the marker and the sort of wetness that it leaves behind, you know, also into the buildings and stuff. So it's just nice to see it because in, in some of the other ones, if we were to talk about the technicalities, you would, if it was only pen, there might be more lines in that mm -hmm. sky to sort of make up for some of the, the space that the, the Prismacolor marker is kind of taking in this, in this particular drawing. Yeah, no, and, and it's, it's exactly right. I, and it was, as I started it, and part of it was because it's so big. I mean, it's, it's a much bigger sketch. Some of the effectiveness of that sky on the small sketches is sort of the, the frenetic aspect of all the lines running parallel to one another. And even, even with the spacing being varied, but on a bigger page with a bigger image, sort of scaling things up, sort of super scale, it, I knew that I was going to try and paint paint the lines in between or paint the space in between. Wasn't sure exactly how it was going to come out, but I think it was really, really successful. Tried a different technique with the pen so that it, uh, it felt more like a brush stroke. Okay. Hadn't done that in a while. So that was a little bit of trick with the Prismacolor. Um, but what's interesting is one of the, the building that's in the background behind the one that has the mural on it is a really dark faced, almost granite colored building and so there i use that sort of really really fine line technique to kind of get the added texture and darkness of the space yeah i mean it has that that i mean i could see the dark in the prisma color and the i mean the depth in it too it's receding mm -hmm. into the background and I know, so this soccer player too, though, was, was actually live. Like you're, are you in on site with this? I, or is it I, a was on, I was on, I was on site for the, um, for the buildings, but the, the person is out of my head. Oh, okay. Cause I was wondering, it, it started to sound when you were describing it, like if it was like a, a sort of, uh, promotional event or something oh right no. where they had people kind of around downtown but it's kind of it's cool to that you picked a, a, a sort of pose and posture and and the stipple the stippling technique in the soccer ball yeah and, and no, in the grass thank you yeah well i mean and, and so I, I i started the sketch on site and and blocked it in took a photograph of it and then and you know, that was about a 10 minute sketch and then went back to the studio and sort of did the full blown version. Ah, cool. Yeah. Very cool. The, um, but, but oh, yeah, sorry. poster art. So this is my, I haven't done poster art in a while. So this was my nice experiment with that. So I'm, I'm glad I got to share it with you. Yeah. Thanks. And actually, so the, the run, so now, you showed me some of the Photoshop work. So is it going to be, is it already done now at this point? Yeah. So did you well, use what kind of printing technique? Is it like a simple inkjet? Yeah. Just they're, they're just, um, they're just, they're, they're just printing them. 
inkjet. So, cool. Cool. Yeah. So, so one of those will be, you know, slipped in the mail for you. But, oh, cool. That'd be great. Cause as you could see, yeah, you've got, you've got some room on the shelf. There's, there's so. not a lot of decoration going on in here. <laughs> Could use a little help. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, thanks for... Yeah, this is fun to kind of, uh, uh, you know, pull, pull a recent recent drawing together. And I look forward to seeing the, the finished artwork. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, thanks for obliging my my diversions toward talking about some of the school work. It's been fun as, 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 it, as time consuming as it can be. I still enjoy the teaching aspect. There's a lot of things behind the scenes that I guess I didn't think would take a lot of time, but those things do a little eat, eat, eat into the, the day. A little, yeah. Know, every, everything, everything ends up Taking up a little bit more, yeah. But you know, admin time, (laughs) right? Right. Well, but the thing is, is that it's it's very evident when you talk about it how how much it means to you. So keep at it, my friend. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. And I guess on that note, we will let everybody go. So thanks. Yeah. Getting close to a hundred. Getting close to a hundred.